When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Monday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined in person by Tony Anderson. Hello Craig. And Craig Cairns. Hello Craig. Oh, just smashed your microphone, it's a point you. Yes, in person. It's all like phallic symbols all about the room, really. Uh, oh, right, the, the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I was like looking at your things in your wall, I was like, what? <laughs> Although you do have alien, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of phallic symbolism in alien. Is there? Yes. Like if you think about the chestbuster kind yeah, of coming yeah. out. It's kind of like the whole alien thing is it's kind of an underlying thing about kind of men's fear of rape kind of thing. Right. I'd see consider I love alien. I've never deep dived to that point in it, but thank you for that. And that's changed maybe that's my fear. <laughs> so that's why aliens are skinny. Yeah. <laughs> right, so let's let's get from that to the Scottish Premiership this past weekend. There were six games, and we're going to do our usual on a Monday and go through them all. And we shall begin with the game of the weekend, undoubtedly, in the Highlands. Ross County three, Dundee two. County off the bottom of the table, coming back from a goal down twice to win it in the end with a little bit of hand from some shampolic Dundee defending and goalkeeping. Really, um, yeah, I mean, that le- that Legsons mistake, that's the worst mistake of the season for me. I, that's absolutely, like... It, it was a pathetic attempt. It didn't make any sense to me. Like, the, and then to look for someone to blame, like to try and claim he's been fouled or something like that. And, like the, When you get the, the replay staring down him and you see the way that he tries to run round him, it's like the most apologetic thing for a goalkeeper, of all people, the most protected species <laughs> in football, to run round them. And to try and come and collect the ball. But by the time he's come to collect it as well, the ball's at his cock. It's at cock height. <laughs> so it's just, it's just absolutely shambolic. Just push the guy out of the way, because it is his ball all the way. It's so easy. Push your defender out of the way, collect it. And then that just seemed to say... And like like these things happen, especially for teams in the bottom of the league, teams like Dundee, who are do this a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it sends shockwaves around the team when they're doing really, really well. And then all of a sudden... Marshall's making a mistake and, and it's cost him the game because there's nobody... Um, Malky McKay's giving it the whole oh, we, we, we got to, we drilled, we to fight our way through it. <laughs> Sorry, what was he saying? <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know the type of things that they always say, we had to grind it out and all yeah. that, but something like that, nothing was ground out. It was purely the other team has gifted you the win. But don't get me wrong, if Hibbs done that, I'd be giving it the all, oh, we're, fighting, we're fighting our way for the bottom, we're back, but you know what I mean? It was just purely gifted to them on a, on a plate because... What I saw with the highlights, what I read, Dundee were sort of really on top in the first half and they were playing some really fast football. You were watching it, Craig, eh? Guess. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, they're missing a few key players defensively now and Burn and Ashcroft and they lost uh, Adam fairly early into this one. 
but yeah, you're right. They still they were the better team for for the first half. I'd say probably for the over the ninety minutes. There's an argument that they were the better team. I think County have maybe played uh, better in matches and and not come away with anything uh, earlier on in the season. But yeah, you mentioned Marshall. That's um, quite often it's happening to Marshall mm. now. Um, they're uh, clearly, as I said, and Legsden, Sorry, the day before in the podcast, I had like talked about how he's one of the more solid keepers in the league, and he's thrown that right back in my face because, <laughs> as you said, that was an absolutely howling mistake. He's he's just got to take charge. He's just got to either push them out the way and gather it, or stay where he is. And because uh, he, yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate for Mullen because he can do absolutely nothing about that. Uh-huh. Um, I was talking about this the last couple of weeks when, when I've been on the parts of Ross County that do quite excite me, though. I really like the. The options they have in behind the striker. I mean, interestingly enough, considering we're going to be talking about the top 50 on the uh, Patreon, the record's top 50, I know that one of the top two, the only ones I know is that Jordan Wade was one of them. He now can't get a game for, <laughs> for one of the worst teams in the league. And I know he's in the top 50. But like the, the, the sort of the options Charles Cook, Callahan, Hungbo, and obviously Blair Spittle as well. There's a lot of options they in are, They're quite like, I mean, it's particularly on this show where we're continually blasting them over their choice of manager, but like, we've, we've been through all of it, through that, so we should probably just leave that in the past and just secretly wishing the team gets relegated. <laughs> but I kind of don't want them to get relegated because I do quite like the actual makeup of the team. Mm-hmm. And I think they're quite exciting to watch and I think they've, I think they've played reasonably above their station for a lot of this season as well. And... Like, the, the front three is all kind of... Well, the front four, actually, you say, are all quite decent players to watch. I mean, Callahan's a bit rough around the edges, but he's always quite... His his kind of lumbersting style is always quite entertaining. He's always kind of been a, a decent goal threat oh, as well. He's a pure Scottish Premiership player, yeah. Ross Callahan. Hungbo and Charles Cook are both, you know, fast as cats and, and a lot of fun to watch in the wings. And even Dominic Samuel now is uh, coming into a game, which is good for me, because I've got him in my fantasy team. Which is a complete luck. No, they, they were never a pilot. I really fancy that Dominic Samuel. Well, I had to sign, I had to sign him uh, because it was like literally nobody left and I had to do, I had to replace Callum Hendry after he was loaned out to uh, come on. I've still got James Scott and I feel like... <laughs> that, that's like oh that's just hanging off hanging round me on a daily basis like a cloud <laughs> but Dundee's problem and uh, how they gifted this game away is how they're going to drop a lot of points this season the defence as we've said all campaign we said this coming into the season it's not good enough and it continues to not be good enough you look at the back four Cammy Kerr Liam Fontaine Liam Fontaine at age <laughs> what 34 I think he is now uh, 35 Liam Fontaine um, Ryan Sweeney is I think he's okay, but I wouldn't really go much further than that. And Jordan Marshall, as we've talked about, has had his struggles uh, points this season. So they're a decent enough team. Uh, good team to watch as well. A lot of exciting players. Luke McCowd's two goals in this game were both excellent. But, excellent goals, yeah. But Especially the first one, yeah. Two excellent goals. They just give away too many too many simple... make too many dumb mistakes in defence. And it's the worst thing for a team at the bottom of the table to, to just allow your opponents to, to get easy goals so that they'll, they'll push your heads down. So Ross County got away with that to a point last season. They managed to survive despite gifting things over and over again. But Dundee, you've got to imagine they'll be entering the market for defenders. There's surely a bit of money there. They should do. Yeah. McPeak's quite good at recruiting players. That seems to be one of his biggest strengths is that players really seem to like him and want to play for him. And he has quite a lot of connections in the game. He seems to have been like a very good networker as a, as a player. He obviously knew he was going to do this job someday. Uh, so he needs to really... Find a pal who's a centre half. Also, he also bounces back a lot, but it does seem at the moment like it's one step forward, two steps back for Dundee at the moment. Whereas their opponents here, Ross County, they feel like they're on an upward trajectory. They 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 have a fairly settled side. They've dealt with a few players having to drop out the team, which shows that they have a system there that works, and it's not just about the individuals there. And Dundee, I think one other thing to add about their performance is. Lee, Lee, Griffith, Lee Griffiths came on at 2-1 and it seemed like a pretty strange substitution at the time came on for McGowan and Dundee started to seed a bit more in the centre of the park and it just seems like he was brought when he was first brought in Dundee were doing okay in their attack and it seemed like he came in and disrupted it a little bit and it feels like he did it in that, this game a little bit as well and then that one chance that he gets the one big chance he gets he doesn't he doesn't take it. Well, I was saying this last week um, with, with Craig Anderson. One thing I've been relatively impressed with McPake's bravery and how he's treated it with Griffiths because 
Um, I'm going over old ground because I literally said this exact thing last week, but I, I enjoyed the fact that he brought Griffiths in, he was playing him a lot, and we were like, I don't know if this is working. And I really, really did think it was going to be, he's going to play him constantly because it's his, not his pal, but a guy that he knows, a guy that he's brought in, he's very high profile, he'll feel it, and he's been willing to drop him. And I still think that was, and that's been really good. And, and obviously Mullins, Came in and been super. When he got suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. That that gave him the. I suppose that gave him the out to, to try as well. And Mullins made it impossible to to drop him recently. So, yeah, there's no positive. But like you said, there that rather than it just being forcing Griffiths on, that was maybe a quite because that's a tactical change, isn't it? He's thinking of a midfielder for a striker. Mm-hmm. Griffiths is since joined Dundee. He's only got one goal in eleven games. Is it too early to call him finished? <laughs> uh, well, it's too early for this podcast because every time we do it, we'll, we'll be reignite him now. <laughs> I want him to be reignited. Yeah, okay, I mean, I would love him to be reignited because he's good to watch. He's fun. Yeah. He's one of the more, he's one of the more maverick strikers in the league. But there's a lot going on in that man's life, head, and tummy, testicles, <laughs> and testicles. <laughs> that there's a huge. I, I just. They're just, and I don't, I don't want to be going over old ground with Lee Griffiths because I feel like he, he takes, he takes a bad rap and deservedly so sometimes. And but yeah, there's when when you bank it all up and you put it out there, you're like, it's hard to see him now at this age really reigniting it ever again. There'll be the random sort of rocket launcher for thirty yards or something. I'm sure that'll be fun. But if he's not going to be doing it at Dundee, where do you kind of? And no disrespect for Dundee. Living next season. Yeah, where do you go? Maybe uh, a Martindale. Back, back maybe, started. Maybe that's what we need. David Martindale, a troubled soul who's come back and has is, is pieced it all back together and he brings Lee Griffiths exactly. firing back. There's the redemption story that we need. This is a Ked Loach film here. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, Get Peter Mullen and Brian Cox. <laughs> Peter Mullen played David Martindale. <laughs> uh, Martin Compton plays Lee Griffiths. <laughs> yeah. Despite the side difference being ridiculous, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Craig, anything else to add on this one before we move on? Maybe mention Luke McCowan more, because you watched the game, Craig, and I feel we did just peruse over the guy who scored a double. I, I mean, the first finish is absolutely fantastic, and the second one, it's all about the touch, isn't it? I mean, it's a great finish as well, but the first touch is, is brilliant. Um, it's a lapse in defensive duties from Hungbo, I think, that gives Marshall all that space. And Marshall, to be fair, has that in him. He's just seems to be culpable for quite a lot of goals at the moment. But uh, I think if we're going to mention anything else from this game, it would be Regan Charles Cook. He became the top scorer, their top scorer over the season this weekend. And I don't think anybody really really seen that. I know you were taking a bit of credit, Tony, but I don't think anybody saw it when he first came in that he would be... No. Well, I think that was his problem. When he even, for them. I mean, the problem was when he first came in, he looked rubbish. Yeah, <laughs> he, couldn't t- he was like falling over the ball in that. Was, he's giving me a bit of Ivan Sproul vibes, yeah, Regan yeah. Charles Cook. But even before we saw him play for County, we looked at his record and it was like... Like, okay, he's supposed to be like a creative attacking player, but he doesn't score a lot of goals. So yeah, for him to be yeah. top scorer this season, this is quite surprising. But um, County do seem to, that's one of the areas of the park they've had sorted for a good wee while now is the wide areas. They've just not had as many games as they would have wanted in recent times for various reasons. But uh, yeah, and as you kind of alluded to earlier, they may have sorted their striker issue out as well, which has been, they're not by far the, not the only ones in the league, but uh, they were one of the teams that were really struggling to get anything from any other strikers. And it's exciting where Charles Cook, who's been like really good this season, even though I was saying there may be room for tra- Randall shit, right? I think we'll be all, all in all agreement. Cool. Yeah. Um, and Charles Cook could maybe, if they were wanting to be really, they're, they're shit at the back anyway. I was saying this, they're shit anyway defensively. Maybe Charles Cook could go into the full back position. They could have Blair Spittle, because Blair Spittle loves to do the cutting, you know, when he comes inside to the left and he does those deep crosses, which has actually created a lot of goals for them this season. I mean, the winner comes from from um, Blair Spittle doing that and then that would give Charles Cook the room to get in um, to go on the outside of him but I could also say people like well why would we make our top scorer get further and further away from the yeah, goal so I would be good for that yeah yeah but, but there's options there where they could go real balls to the wall right let's get on to the team that County leapfrogged at the bottom of the table after this hi it's Craig Fowler here once again to tell you about Manscaped Christmas is coming up thick and fast and you need to find some little presents to go in those stockings or a big present to surprise one of your loved ones. Either way, Manscaped has got you covered. Manscaped is a leader in men's below-the-waist grooming and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code TERRACE. 
Now, if you need a big gift for somebody else or one for yourself, perhaps, Manscaped's best-selling product is a performance package 4.0. This gives you everything you need. You've got the lawnmower body trimmer. You've got the weed whacker for ear and nose hair. You have the liquid formulations like the crop preserver ball deodorant and the crop reviver ball toner, which maximizes your hygiene routine. You also get the boxers and the travel bag as well with that package. They've also got some suggestions for little things to put in those stockings. Manscaped Signature Cologne, Shears 2.0 Luxury 4 piece Nail Kit, the Crop Mops Ball Wipes, which make you nice and fresh down there, and, as I already mentioned, the Crop Reviver Ball Toner and Refresher. All of them would be perfect just to top off those stockings. And you should be glad to know that these formulations are vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So once again, get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code TERRACE. That's 20% off, free shipping, manscaped.com, code TERRACE. Right, we're back to talk about St. Johnston, who are now bottom of the Sids Premiership. They've lost their last three games, no wins in four, and they were beaten 1-0 at the weekend by Aberdeen. At points this season, performances haven't been good enough, but quite often performances have been solid enough. They've just not been able to score. They've only scored nine goals in the league all season in 16 games. They That makes the blow scorers by quite a distance. Livingston are next with 14. So they're the only team not to get in the double figures so far this season. And you can, again, it seemed like that this past weekend. Chris Kane had a couple of decent chances. You're very unlucky with one of them, yeah. Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't manage to get the goal and then they're... They were done in the end in terms of the, the. It should have been a free kick. It was handballed by Teddy Jenks before he smashed it. And does, does he only score good goals as well? Like, <laughs> <laughs> he has got some. He has got a cracking technique. Uh, Teddy Jenks, uh, the handball aside, but he does. You're right. He does. His finishes tend to be very, very good. But uh, yeah, St. Johnson just they just seem to be lacking a sort of spark, don't they? Ju- it just seems to be a bit of a kind of tired. Side there's there, there's no there's no kind of dynamism there or there there's nothing that exciting about it. You just you don't really see where it's coming from. And is it as simple as that? Um, Davidson hasn't really been backed in the transfer market because I mean you could say that from the perspective of the the centre midfield maybe, but the the central defence is pretty much the same as it was last season. I, mean, I know they take you can take. You've take out the the best defender out of that, but they've still they've covered okay for him since he's left. That's not been their big issue this season. Um, so well, they've, they've conceded sixteen goals, which is only only Celtic and Rangers have conceded fewer. Yeah, there you go. And um, in attack, it's the same guys he had last season minus Hendry. Plus Vertonen, who has been brought in under his watch. So he's also missing the the Israeli guy. Well, I've just forgotten his name. Striker. Oh, he left in the summer. Melamed. Yeah, yeah, Melamed. So there is a few. So it got like six months out of him or something, didn't yeah, he? In the end? Yeah, because I think sometimes the, the problem, we, we spoke about this last season to Johnson, is they just seem to have so many strikers and it was over all of them got them enough goals. So like yeah. everyone would chip in with four, five, four, five. And now that they've taken away even a couple of them, that means that they've just lost that exact amount of goals because there's zero goals comes from anywhere else. Last season it was Rooney, but. He seems to very much be a, a cup specialist. He, does, he, he even scored in the in the Dundee um, game in, yeah. in the League Cup this season. I don't know if he scored. I, I don't recall him scoring in the league yet this season. So just like we're taking it, was like they they ran with far too big a squad last season on paper, considering it was the COVID and there was nobody in there. But that they kind of needed that mm-hmm. to 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 sort of freshen up and to have enough because. Now you're right when you say the word tired. I mean, it's Liam Craig again. It, like, and, like, Liam Craig has been good for St Johnston, but you're asking him to go again. You've taken Ali McCann out of there. Yeah, Bryson Ali McCann with Ali Crawford isn't the same. Uh, Borspoon hasn't been, well, he's injured now, but he wasn't any good before he got injured. Glenn Middleton, really, he, he was quite a good He's reverted to type. No, he reverted to him, Glenn Middleton. Yeah, yeah, he's made to every other Glenn Middleton there was apart from a two months period last season. <laughs> When he first came at the Rangers team, he was scoring goals against Spartak. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, like, I just don't know. Like, I, I said this on a Patreon when we were doing the the here's we spot. There was the the worst Scottish couple uh, winners of the century. I was edging Middleton towards it because really we're talking about a, a one month period or a two month period where he's done anything really, and now he's went back to 
to, to be in shit but they really hung their hat out on middle and they went and got him and they've, they've got him there again and he's really not doing it whatsoever no, and they need somebody they need somebody like him somebody like O'Halloran somebody like even because Kane starts scoring somebody starts scoring some bloody goals but Kane's I mean I, I, I've not got it in front of me but Kane's goal scoring must be three, two, four, five, a, a double figure run <laughs> in the championship so you'd be asking someone to do something that he's never ever done before and that's not me taking away the the sort of the usefulness of of Chris Kane, uh, but goals isn't something he's he's ever done. So you can't just suddenly expect not that huge to... amounts of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot about Melamed. By the way, that's a good shout because he was. I know, I know. He missed out on a few big games towards the end of the season, but he he was key to to. Uh, You're right, Tony. Various scored, parts of their season, he at least scored four goals last season. Yeah, and, and, and everyone was raving about him. Yeah. You know, like, I'm having a huge season. So yeah, like and like and, and like what Craig was alluding to there about uh, about Melamed. Yeah, maybe he missed out a few times. But if you're a team that only that wins one nil most of the time. See if you take any goals at your team. They're they're they're, they're you're, if you win one nil all the time. Every goal you're taking, it's like points. Yeah. Like, like if you're, you're, every goal that less is like you're taking away three Aye. points, a point. So like you're, you're basically you're saying they've got they've scored nine goals. They must have something like eleven points. They basically got a point a goal. <laughs> they've got uh, fourteen. Well, points. there you go. Maybe I got the carried away there, but you know, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Chris Kane scored twice this season, but both of them were in the same game. So that's almost like you almost don't want that. Then the one three one. It's like no, can we take one of them away? <laughs> <laughs> put it in a nil-nil or a one-nil defeat. We just keep expecting St. Johnson to turn things around. Are, are they? <laughs> Craig? It's getting a bit late now. It's, we're, it's One thing I should say, they do have two games in hand over quite a lot of the league. And a game in hand over Dundee, who are only two points ahead of them. Well, I've been enjoying Hibs having games in hand and nothing's changed. <laughs> I know why. You're probably saying games in hand at teams at the bottom of the league that they're more likely to not get anything from them. <laughs> yeah. so they're, they're, they're less yeah. precious as games in hand at the top of I've the been, league. I was doing, a, oh, if we win all the games in hand, we'll be joint in third. We'll only be in fourth. We'll be in fifth. Now we won't even be in the top six if we win it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I, I'm the, the, there's, I, I have learned to this year, don't bank on anything for for uh, the games in hand. To, to answer your question, I think a, of it, a lot of it depends on January, basically, because how much he's backed and how much um, and how well he does with what he's backed with. Because the end to the last transfer window was an utter shambles where they let their two best players go in the last day and didn't have a, a coherent plan for replacing them, basically. And, and and the players that they have brought in haven't been good enough, the ones that they have tried. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of it's to do with that. And I, I know there's lots of questions being asked about Callum Davidson at the moment, and I think that that's, even that's premature, and I think it falls into the same thing. I think he deserves at least another transfer window to try and rescue this before it's even questioned about whether he loses his job or not. The guy won you two cups in a season. The, I think it shows the quality of the league as well, that St. John's are bottom. Because I think in other years, I don't think, even playing as badly as they have and even struggling to score goals. And it's tight. Half, it's yeah. very tight. And it's there. very tight. It's just, the and also as well, I could have said this about the Dundee Ross County game, that you get such a... Such a great fixture uh, out of out of two sides who are struggling at the bottom of the mm-hmm. table, and we've not always had that in recent years. The, the bottom half of the Premiership has often been quite last year. It was fucking diabolical. <laughs> it was. It was. <laughs> I mean, like um, you only have to look at uh, so Hibs and Aberdeen last season. They were never scintillating. No, and they they absolutely walked third and fourth. Like, there was never any danger of anyone coming anywhere near them. I said that to Duncan on the. On the podcast where we talked about Jack Ross, like you don't want to, you don't want to like completely dismiss like the achievements of finishing third, especially when the first house manager finished third in sixteen years. But it was probably one of the weaker top flights to mm-hmm. do it. In. Yeah, I really, my favourite bit about that is for like three weeks, Jack Ross was saying in every post-match interview that he hadn't been out the top four in so long <laughs> and all this kind of stuff. I don't think he was in the top four after that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, oh sorry, before we move on we should talk about Aberdeen because they are now, they've now won three games in a row They're in some run, yeah mm. And Stephen Glass uh, knows what he's doing after it's all It's a man again Dave yeah. Cormack was right Yeah, it's always good I've, 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 When I was talking to Tom <laughs> Let's not get carried away, they're still six <laughs> <laughs> I was talking to Tom about this I was saying that's what it seems to be It's um, feast or famine with, with Aberdeen But I like what they've done with bringing Emmanuel Thomas back in That's coincided with good results They had decent results at the start when he played uh, and that front four uh, of Emmanuel Thomas, Hedges, Watkins and Ramirez um, has nice balance to it. Everyone's bringing something to the party. 
Ramirez almost scored one of the goals of the season as well. He was inches away from putting that in the top corner. What an effort that was. And then when you've got like Brown and Ferguson, there's no reason why that can't... I think Watkins is so key. I think I actually argue that Watkins is a key player because Ramirez is good, but Ramirez actually, as we've been speaking about, He's, he's, he's a poacher he plays in between the posts he actually isn't that great when he's back to goal so when you bring Watkins in who is good when he's back to goal who does run the channels really well suddenly you've got like the perfect foil and he everyone was really what they were missing at the start yeah, of the season and, definitely and now, they, now they've now they got every single player has someone that compliments them how are they getting away with that fucking defence though I know I was going to say how did, like have you said to us a couple of weeks ago that Ross McCrory and David Bates are uh, starting to form some sort of coherent set of half partnership we were like how what's, what's, exactly. what, kind of, what kind of witchcraft is this they've kept a clean sheet against the team that scored nine goals this season they've only conceded one goal in three games alright okay that is fair and they've got Funzo Ojo and Hayes backing them up so (laughs) (laughs) what's going on fair enough class he's making things work with a very poor poor hand he's bluffing he's bluffing all the time and he's getting away with it he's a great poker player don't know whether it's got anything to do with football but he's doing it right let's move on to the game at Tannadice because yeah we've got concerns about St Johnson even though they're still fourth at the table got some concerns about Dundee United because their recent form has been shit I think they've not won in uh, they've not won in four games now with three defeats three defeats on the bounce as well and yeah Craig you watched some of this game didn't you and I think there's a lot of their problems coming for the fact that Jandal Fuchs has just basically given up and he just wants to leave in January it's certainly a strange way to try and uh, manufacture a move yeah to play but, like fucking shit <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, after saying after listing all the big clubs that are supposedly after you yeah I mean I think this was a game where it's all kind of come to a head for him a little bit I think he's slowly been getting worse over a, a number of weeks now and let's not forget that's from quite a high bar that he set for himself he was uh, vital to a lot of uh, Dundee United's uh, recent success or what the the successes that they've had over this calendar year um, but yeah it, it was just his last few um, weeks in a, in, a, in a nutshell really he was dispossessed at the start of the, at the edge of his own box in the first half for a very good Livy chance he did the same in the second half, that which led, led to him giving away the penalty. I don't know why there was any debate about whether it was or not a penalty. It's definitely the, a penalty. Yeah, the Dundee United TV folk were, were adamant it wasn't. Absolutely. It's because it's cause he does that thing that players try to do a lot, where they sort of step in front and it's like they're using their body to protect the ball. But it's like they're already claiming they've already won the ball. But that's not necessarily the case. Yeah, it just and, runs into them. Yeah, and you do that in the you do that in the box. You're very much running the risk. Pulls other players out the way yeah, to get there yeah, as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I put us in this mess in the first place. Let me sort it out. Oh no, <laughs> that was it. He was overcompensating for giving the ball away again. And he, in the, I think that was a big. I don't think it was. I, where while I think these are maybe two of the more tactical managers in the league, I don't think it was the most tactical match. I think it just came down to. Livingston just played the day better and they won the midfield battle. I think it, I think it pretty much came down to them winning the midfield battle. D- Dylan Levitt's a huge miss for Dundee United at the moment. He was supposed to play, pulled up in the warm-up. Declan Glass came in. He is a, he is a good player and he was still their best player, the most neat and tidy player on the ball. But uh, they, they've really missed Levitt since he's gone out the team. That's kind of coincided with, uh, with their poor form as well, him not being available. And... I mentioned it earlier in the show, but Dundee United are another one of these teams that they just don't have a striker. They just really are. Uh, that's a wee bit unfair on Nicky Clark. They, they, they don't have like a reliable goal scoring yeah. striker. No one does, eh? Really There's feel a like few the teams whole, that don't. Like, yeah. Like, so, Submitting or another. Is that, is that just. Sorry to put you on the spot, Craig, and please tell me if you weren't watching, if you didn't watch it in that depth, but. Is that how Dundee United lined up shape-wise? Because that's completely different to what no. they had on sports scene. Nah, they were they were, they were just a back four. Yeah, I think I, I think that's maybe because of how how much Freeman was getting forward, mm. uh, but he had to come off at half time. He got injured, and it was probably Dundee United's best chance of the match. Actually, the one that Hearts puts over the bar, he really should do better with it. But Freeman does very well to set that up. But he takes a challenge, he takes a heavy one in it, and he plays on till half time, and then uh, Sporla replaced him. Talking about Nicky Clark in two thousand and twenty-one, he's only scored twice in the league. Wow, because I've got in my head that he scored quite a few. I think it was he's last season. Scored didn't quite he? a few at the start of the last season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's like. 
Um, and he's going to Easter Road right in front of me when we got humped off this pile of shite three now. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I mean, to, to go to Livingston, um, what a difference, what a sign in Omeonga starting to look, Craig. Aye, aye. And, and Jason Holt, by the way, he yeah. has, he's been brilliant. They're um, sort of dovetailing pretty well. The eh? two of them have been very good, and Jason Holt was, uh, was again, he was, he was probably the best player in the park. I mean, I think Obelaye's second one is a goal. I think it looks like it's very difficult to tell conclusively whether he's onside or not, but it looks to me like he's probably onside. And what a control and finish that is. I know, I. There was two goals scored by centre-halves at the weekend that were delicious striker's goals. His and uh, Shaughnessy's for uh, for St Mirren were both just absolutely... Well, sorry, I'm talking about one that didn't count there, you know what I mean? But even his penalty, he even took his penalty like a, a season... Like Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he never misses, so yeah. it works for him. <laughs> so, yeah. Obelize, Obelize, they, they missed him when he was out of the team. Aye, aye, definitely. He's been one of the... I mean, probably one of the sign-ins of the season, not just one of the sign-ins, uh, the best sign-ins that Levy have made. But uh, they're, they're another team that are on a, on a very good run. They're looking very good at the moment. Um, they, they, after a patch, bit of a patchwork effort at the start of the season, they're another team that's kind of really settled in and have a settled sort of team now. And Jack McMillan's just the latest... Square peg success from uh, <laughs> it doesn't from make any, any sense, sense whatsoever. And then, oh, he's doing quite well, even scoring goals. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, now they've, they've brought Bruce Anderson back in after using um, Andrew Shinney in the, in yeah. the sort of in the, in the striker. So he's create again, you just seen the square pegs and round holes. Create, he's, he's creating himself options when it doesn't look like he has any. Uh, and that's something that Martindale's done really, really well. And then you start looking at that. Back four, Penrice actually thinks looked all right since he's came into the team playing at left back. And then you've got Devlin, Obelai, Penrice, Strayek. He's he blows a bit hot and cold, but he's a, he's a good goalie. And nonetheless, and then you've got that that spine that you're talking about with Holt and Omiongo, and it all starts to like starts making a bit of sense. I, I must insist that Jason Holt is now referred to as the Poundland Chavy from now on. Okay, <laughs> it's a mouthful, but. We'll, <laughs> And you've got the Poundland Chavi. We've got the Poundland Chavi. Stefan Omionga. Uh, should Hibs have tried more of an effort to bring Omionga back? I was always I, I liked Omionga because uh, and I, I just I love I, I sometimes get caught out and I'm bad for this. I, I very much get whipped in by busy players in Scottish football. Mm. Something I, I'd say it's my weakness. We all have it, uh, <laughs> but like busyness. I mean, for example, we all he's all hear how much I, I, I talk about Bruce Anderson as someone I really really like. Uh, and and that's so busy players I think go really a long way in Scottish football when it's so um, high octane and the ball sort of trades places so regularly that I always think that, if, that the busier players can really sort of come of age in Scottish football and they can really look good so Omionga, I would think we, we don't have a wealth Hibs don't have a wealth of options in the in the centre of the park I mean that's why Doyle Hayes and Neil pretty much play regardless of form. Yeah. No, they just they, they play all the time because they don't really we don't really have many other options to play in there. Um, so I didn't see this game, but he ran the show against Hibs. Absolutely, I absolutely I was what I was like. This is annoying. This is annoying. <laughs> um, and yeah, he was he was he was superb. So um, great work for Martin Day, and it's good for him because he, he we had that middle ground where we well talking about just us on this podcast, people referring to him as the best manager in the league. And then <laughs> the best tactical manager in league, all this sort of stuff, which is fair enough because he did win ten games in the trot and get to a final. I mean, it's it's hard to. He's not done it repeatedly against Celtic as well. Though. He, he he can execute a tactical plan. plan. Yeah, he's shown he can. And then he had he's had a real downtime where they where they struggled a bit towards the end of last season, and then that bled into this season. You're thinking, right? Oh, did we get carried away? And now he's coming back. So you see that yes, maybe he's not the best manager in the world, but. <laughs> Uh, he's still a very, very. He's really shown he's a very, very good manager, and the ability to bounce back when it all goes shit. It's not as easy as people seem to think it is. I mean, we just saw Jack Ross has basically just been sacked off the back of his first bad spell. Yeah, and okay, let me just put you on the spot right now. Give me a one-word answer. Who's going down? Who's finishing bottom? Anyway, put it that way. Oh, sword. Um, done. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna stick with county. Yo, I really don't know now. It's I really, tough. I really is because I'm gonna go Dundee. I'm, I'm liking I'll, Dundee are one of my favourite teams in the league to watch. I actually think they're good. I think they've got a really nice blend. 
but they've got the but the, you're right they've got the ones with the gaping hole mm-hmm. right now they look like they've got the gaping weakness that the other teams don't have so maybe I'd lean towards there as well Right, let's go to the first of the two matches on Sunday. That was Hearts 0, Rangers 2. A result that wasn't entirely surprising. But maybe a bit of a surprise at how this game went in the end. Because Hearts dominated a lot of the ball. The Rangers sat back for a lot of it. Rangers did a lot of time wasting as well, which is not something you see from Rangers sides anywhere. Except for maybe in Europe, if you're you know trying to play a, can a big Can we just team. see on that, can we just have an end to Rangers fans complaining about other teams' time wasting now? <laughs> since their goalkeeper was doing it 30 minutes into a match. Can, can that just be the end to it? That there's, oh, the ball was only in play for 55 minutes. Can we? Can we, Can everyone just stop pretending that everyone's team doesn't have dickheads in it who do stuff? <laughs> exactly. It, just, it, it really does blow me away in football. Like everyone gets raging about one thing and then the, when you start doing it, nobody says a word. It's like, you all seeing it. You all know the goalie's going to pick the ball up, put it down at one side of the second, pick it up and take it around. We all do it. It's the same thing we all do. So let's not get ourselves too frustrated about it and scream and shout all the time. So uh, it was an interesting, interesting kind of tactics for Rangers. I mean, yeah, there's two nothing up, so you need to take that into account. But you still just expect Rangers, Rangers at Tidecastle, two nothing up, just to continue to try and batter the the home team, or at least to break and threaten, look look like they're going to score more. Which I, they had, I know they, I know they like did a, later in the game. Uh, they had like a ten minute spell in the second half. Yeah, they had about four chances. But other than I'm that, I'm talking specifically between going two 0 up about and four, quite a lot. <laughs> it's quite a lot. It's quite a lot. Um, but between, I know what you mean though. It's all relative. It's Rangers. Two nil up. It's weird that all happened time. in this. Yeah. moment rather than like throughout the match yeah because between 2-0 up and half time Rangers sat in and just basically said to Hearts let's see what you've got and Hearts didn't have enough they just clogged the central areas and, and Hearts rarely got the ball to boys um, the couple of times they did get the ball to Boise, he almost scored right oh. enough. The, the, right, they only got the ball to him in very good areas, which he fucked up all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, well, well, I'm talking about the first half still, but right, okay, uh, the, 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 the chance at nil-nil, which he maybe should do better with, and then the one where he spins at the edge of the box. He's, he's and really he unlucky. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. very unlucky with that that's, one. That was like that right. vintage Boyce, that one where yeah. he can hold, and he's quite strong and he turns quite quickly, but and the then second he hits, half, hits hard and low shots. Exactly, aye. But the second half was a different matter. The, the one where he's... Uh, the, the cutback that he puts over the bar, I mean, that's obviously... the. That's that's obviously the one that he's definitely got to score. The, he's, he's never favourite with a double save with McGregor, I don't think. So, yeah. He had a chance at the first half as well. I think that he knows McGregor made a save at an angle, but he could have been done better. Aye, you're right, aye. I mean, I'll tell you what, I was surprised when I watched the highlights of this today. Uh, I watched it live, but when I watched the highlights today, I was surprised with how many chances Hearts had in the mm. game. I'd forgotten just how many uh, chances Hearts had had. And I think you had said that Fairly early on in the second half, but you'd said it's just not Hearts' day. It was and when it was when uh, Ginelli's cross was turned on the Bassey bar by the Bassey, Bassey, yeah, yeah. and it bounced out. It didn't even go over the line. It was just like the amount of times the, the amount of times luck went against us after that as well. The Kings was, uh, hit the bar as well. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was just it, there was two stinking goals to lose, but. It was it was a very good performance from Hearts in the end. First one, quite unlucky. First one especially is terrible defending on a numerous counts. <laughs> Taylor Moore is far too easily sold a dummy by Ryan Kent. Devlin as well. Devlin. Fucking hell. He does that daft thing. He does that daft thing with his arms and that actually stops him being able to move. He may as well he can't not balance be there. properly to do the tackle against Sakala. And I do actually think Sakala notices I'm doing it and thinks Actually, I'll just run there because how are you going to move? You can't. You're, you'll fall over if you do if you do it too quickly. And so, no, nobody bothers to mark Morelos. Yeah, for ages <laughs> he's there for ages. It's, there's no like good movement. He just wait here, wait here, wait here, wait here. Goal! <laughs> but the second goal, I mean, it's not great defended either. And it was kind of this was Hart's game plan, kind of coming back to bite them because they played with a very high line. Mm. But it's still incredible from Aribo. Suter switches off, but yeah, you're right. The the, the touch to kill it's brilliant, and it's a great finish. To, I, not just a great finish, but past the keeper that's been saving just about fucking Ever. everything that's gone at. It's absolutely season. perfect. The yeah, way exactly. It's like the dragged shot with the left peg, right, hits the side net. He's not even let that get to him psychologically or anything, you know what I mean? Because I'm sure that has put a few players off going through on Gordon this season. Absolutely. Like, this yeah. guy's in such form. And they start doing daft things. I was, we I've got talking. to do something special yeah, or something yeah, like and that. Yeah, and then exactly, they just kick yeah. it right at his torso or something because it gets too late in the yeah. day. That was, that was what they did in the second half, basically. I think uh, it was Arfield, Sakala and Morelos all pretty much had the same chance. Uh, twice it, as well smashed yeah. it right at Gordon and yeah and Arfield had the other one where he put it wide I was quite surprised Hearts went with a back four and I know this worked pretty well at Parkhead uh, Aye, used it against Livy as well but with even though Hibs are in really poor form they done a back three against Rangers and it worked very well Rangers created two chances over the whole 90 minutes 
Uh, and so I was shocked when Hearts are obviously very good at using the back three. It's actually what they're used to doing this season. And they've had a very recent example of it working well. And I'm not doing it. And the other side of that I was shocked about, and, and, the, and the second goal comes from this, under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, Rebo or Arfield breaking the lines and going beyond the strikers for that golden long ball. I mean, Arfield literally scored that against Livingston recently. It's been a bit of a feature of their play. So if you have a back three, someone can drop off and actually can mark that runner. Yeah. And the Hearts have chosen not to do that. And, and that's easy to be criticised because Hearts still Hearts had a lot more chances than maybe Hibs had in, in, yeah. as they gap. So that I can see the the flip side, but maybe starting with the back three. Well, the, the, and then moving it to back three. Again, it's extremely easy to say after So the they game. changed it for the last two games away for home. But say, we started a little bit under the three, yeah, didn't they we? Needed yeah. to, I think they needed to be changed away for home because teams have started to figure out the 3-4-3. Three, three. And maybe it still would have been the case at Tynecastle as well because Smirren gave Hearts a very good game. Did, um, and with a better side until Hearts opened the scoring, I would say. And, and so maybe it just needed to be changed in general. But, you know, in the 3-4-3... Three, Hearts are undefeated this season at Tynecastle, and you just think maybe keep it, mm. um, especially since they work well against Rangers early in the season mm. as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's been good examples. I think the team in Europe done really fair, well yeah. against Rangers, where they used a back three as well. It seems like Rangers struggle against it. So you think you maybe go with it, but I do quite like the the four one four one that Rangers went with. I like it because it allows. It's been the main thing that he's changed. It's not like, because Rangers are so rigid under Gerrard in, in their formation. This allows for, a re- and it's no surprise that Aribo and Arfield are the specific ones that are enjoying playing in the formation. And I think it works nicely because you still get the width. That's not going to change at all. But it also means that Morelos, who's such a handful, that when there's two, he can occupy two defenders and it does leave. People are occupied, they're worried about Morelos, and then Aribo or Arfield could just go in behind. I think it's, it, I can see the sensibilities behind it. And he started to look like Morelos again. Yeah, yeah. Like Morelos before Gerard kind of turned him into more of a link man. Yeah, and then he was giving it all the stuff at the end of the game. I don't know, was he taking the piss at uh, Ange Postacoglu when he was doing the. <laughs> he was doing the weird the weird thing we like you know how Ange Postacoglu I was talking about this he does the chest thumping but he does it really softly <laughs> uh, with, 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 with the palm of his hand and then he points at the crowd after it that's like quite a unique thing uh, but I saw Morelos doing that at the end and doing that I was like pretty niche if you are <laughs> but if he's at it again then that's all the better because Morelos he was becoming a bit more of a pussycat I've not really seen him do any nasty or mental mental recently and it's and it's affected his game <laughs> I think you said it on a podcast before Fowler like, uh, if you take that out of his game will it make him a worse player Morelos has proved yes aye it did he needs to get set off again yeah <laughs> three games it comes back ten goals aye <laughs> Right, let's move on to the game at Parkhead. It happened later on Sunday, 1-0 to Celtic against Motherwell. Celtic managing to win the game despite the fact they had no fit central striker for this one. No Ajeti, no Furuhashi and no Greek boy. Jakimakis. <laughs> Jakimakis, that's it, sorry. Georges Jakimakis. Hurry down the chimney tonight. <laughs> they still managed to get the victory just basically because Tom Roderick was uh, magic again in this game. And I think he's did he even play he's even been starting to play ninety minutes recently. I mean what what impact Postacoglu has had on him? It's really weird, isn't it, how all of a sudden he can. All of a sudden seems to be able to play these uh, 90 minutes. Yeah, And then you add to their list of injuries now, uh, James Forrest, I think Celtic have officially put more strain on the NHS than Omicron recently. Oh! <laughs> hey! <laughs> and that Craig's actually left the room. He's, he's away. <laughs> That's his work done for tonight. <laughs> That's all I've got on. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I saw a bit of the game. Um, I wasn't watching it closely. I had my family around at the time, but it was, it was on in the background. But like going back to Roger, Ken, what would be funny is that now he's going to end up getting a new deal. So then you're going to end up that Tom Roger is going to be played for Celtic for like fucking 12 years or something. It's going to hit that way. Like, and then with all the trophies he's won, he'll be like the most decorated player in Celtic's history. That's going to happen. <laughs> that is going to <laughs> by hook or by crook not saying that he deserves to be in that but just factually he'll be like you'll fucking have millions of medals <laughs> over over a 12 year period but Motherwell will be really disappointed with what happened because second half Celtic really they turned the screw a bit and they were in like full control and Motherwell couldn't get out of their own half and they never ever ever looked like scoring an equaliser but it was different in the first half and Motherwell were really quite brave at the start and they, were, and they were getting at him, so they'll be absolutely spewing. To lose a goal like that, 
uh, like, like they lost from like that set piece. Although I do think it's quite smart those types of set pieces because then going into the hole when people play the uh, zonal marking, there mm-hmm. should be more of that because if you're going to, if, if everyone's marking an area, a player can just drop off, and I, yeah. I, I think it should happen more often because I mean the stats worldwide always seem to point to that zonal marking actually. You concede less goals, yeah. losing it, whatever. But they, that seems like a really simple way. Roger just going round the back and then running round and then just rolling off and he's getting to hit a clean shot because everyone's marking a zone. And especially when you're a team like Celtic when people are a bit worried and you've got those deep free kicks and corners, the fucking zonal marking is just basically everyone across the six-yard line. There's no, there was no real nuance to the to the marking whatsoever, and it was really easy for Roger. You see him just running around. I was, I was trying to work out: is that a really good set piece that's been practiced, or have they just they're intelligent players? Mm-hmm. Um, did, did, did they, they just see him standing there? Because he's, he's <laughs> in the back post and he's completely free, and then he just runs to the edge of the box. Aye, there's nothing near him at any and, point. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I'd be interested to to know, but you, they would never say because obviously that takes away the. Should Millwall have had a penalty? Uh, yeah, I thought the one on Tony Watt. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Carter Vickers, I think, with a chance. He had a good game other than that. He's having uh, a very good season. He has. Uh, and Starfelt's even coming into form as well. So. And is that because of Vickers? Because he seems to be a, a really calm and influence. He's got. He's got. He's not Van Dyke. Right? I'm not saying that, but he's, <laughs> he, he's, bringing those, he's bringing those kind of vibes where he's sort of like really, really. He's sort of coasting through games, and I can see him. He's pointing quite a lot, so you can see when some when a defender's getting more confident because they start worrying about everyone else because they're so unsure of them take, themselves. Take Virgil Van Dyke, remove pace, um, height, <laughs> and football and ability, yeah. and you've got Cameron Carvickers. But, but do you understand? Which is still a very good player. <laughs> yeah, but do you understand me? You can start seeing them growing in confidence because they start worrying about what everyone else is up to because they they they're feeling quite assured of themselves, and then his passing ability. It's obviously right up Andrew Postacoglu's street in terms of how he wants to play. Mm-hmm. And it works really well because you've got, he's playing into McGregor or he can play quickly wide. Um, so I don't know if six or 10 million starts to push the, really push the envelope. But if they get five or six the way it's going just now, that doesn't sound too mad to me. They paid seven for Julian, I'd say on this basis, there's not much between them. And he's improved. Well, he's improved in front of your eyes because he was a relatively shaky at the start. But I think it's coming a massive club. You've got these Champions League European games. It's like that. You forget that with the signings that come into the old firm. It's like they get thrown right into the fire right away. Is if you fucking lose this game, we're fucked. We've lost. <laughs> we've lost fifteen million. Like, like, straight away. And everyone. It's like the biggest game of the season, and it's your first ones when you come in. So I can see why some players maybe start felt being a prime example. But I think Vickers is maybe bringing Startfield on and. Uh, and like I was saying before that what I loved about Ange Postacoglu is what he's done with the shape and off the ball movement has really protected what was a weak soft centre but now I'm starting to think that that soft centre is not even that weak anymore well I think I think part of it is he's persisted with those guys Mm -hmm. there's so many times where he could have ripped it up and started again or lots of other managers would have lost faith in what they were trying to do but he's stuck by that partnership he's had faith especially in Starfelt and he's been uh, rewarded with it now and I think Joe Hart's a big part of that as well Joe Hart's been fantastic since he came in I know he's still Joe Hart and he still takes unnecessary risks and he probably punched the ball outside his box at one point in this match but um, he made an absolutely fantastic save I think Sunday was an absolutely amazing display of uh, goalkeeping we didn't even mention it in the Hearts Rangers game Oh, Alan McGregor, yeah. Great. Both goalkeepers uh, had uh, fantastic saves in that game. Same in this game. Liam Kelly had a couple of fantastic saves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want the tumbles, brilliant. Yeah, both of both of the best saves that Hart and Kelly made, they were both going the the other way and yeah. had to readjust and go back. And they were yeah, and, and um Kelly saved that one one on one right at the start from Forrest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had another one as well, which escapes me. But yeah, um to go back to what I was saying about Celtic specifically, Joe Hart's been a big part of how settled and how well they've been doing defensively and, and they're like how many clean sheets they've had. And they're yeah, like a trio exactly. now. Yeah, yeah. And they, they all it's funny with Hart because And Juranovic is one of the best players in the league, I think. Ah, right Juranovic is absolutely brilliant. He's so um just so technically he's just a really really good player yeah yeah Um, Hart when he makes that brilliant save and then he just lies down in front of it I love that he just makes himself a a long wall it's quite good (laughs) exactly and they're just hammering it off (laughs) (laughs) and then he gets and what I love with Joe Hart and sometimes it's bad and sometimes it's good but it's always entertaining he looks so pumped after it reminds me before like I'm going to a fucking night out it reminds me of when I was like about 20 year old going into a nightclub fucking yes here we go (laughs) 
get little John, get low on, and here we fucking go. But this is like, <laughs> like you see him, and he's like shaking, like, which. Like for sometimes it's probably not good because like you don't look concentrated. You think going to do something fucking mad any second now. Yeah. But like there when it's not, you just see this guy. And it's like it's like despite him doing football for years, he still fucking gets the same pump that he would have when he was like sixteen. Uh, and there's something quite nice about that, but also worrying. So yeah, and that, yeah. and, the be- and the beauty of Joe Hart is that he's going to be great for Celtic, but he's also going to fuck up. So he's just going to be box office for us. But there's no way that we can now say that he's not been. A really, really good signing there. Fuck up in the League Cup final, though. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's uh, Can we talk about Van Veen quickly? When okay. he kicks the ball away, when Joe Hart's about to take the goal kick. <laughs> Van Veen is the biggest arsehole in the league. It's, 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 every time every I've been watching him, he's doing... In a team of arseholes. <laughs> like, as I was saying, after the, at the Hibs game... Managed by an arsehole. You, <laughs> you, you, you were at the Hibs game that I was at, Craig. You were reporting on it. When Macy yeah. just tries to throw the ball, just grabs his arm and stops him from doing it. Like, there's no... It stops Hibs from... It was like it was a major counter there, just it was pointless. It seems petty. Like, oh, I'm not happy, I'm not playing very well. Right, I'm stopping this. And then that one as well. And he gave nothing th- apart from a sore shin and a boot. He was down injured, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, he, he, again, <laughs> Van Veen, he's another one. He's he never not involved. He's Even when he's playing shit, he's very, very, very involved. I did think Ed Joe Hart knew what he was doing there as well. Of course he does, a little bit, but if he's going to put himself in that position. Aye, of course he uh, talking about like you were going back to the Rangers one, Barisic booked for getting punted. Yeah, see that red card uh, for for Baris, the Barisic one for Janelli. Yeah. Barisic knows that he's on the booking because Janelli comes over and he shouldn't come over, but he's daft. But him and Devlin are fine. They've they've done the tackle and they've they've calmed down quite quickly. And he spots it's Janelli and he just starts shaking. And he just start like fists start going. It clearly, he just wants to create a. His Adam's apple starts bulging. Yeah, yeah. He starts. He's trying to create an environment there but when all the players come over. I think he spots who it is. No, he's on a booking, and he just start going like that. Because I don't think nothing. Janelli doesn't actually do anything. He, he just gets co- in his face. Yeah, he just gets in his face. So like he just starts going, and then everyone starts running over, and that creates like this whole vibe. And then the referee feels like he's got to make a decision. And going back again because I missed something that I really wanted to say earlier, and I apologise. I'm going back to paradise. <laughs> <laughs> Some jumping about yeah. But Tam Courts, I've got it written down and I really wanted to. When he says at full time, we would have if we'd won this game, we would have been twelve points off our total of last season. So it's a big incentive. What? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you on about? And it's clearly it's clearly like that's the most self-preservation pish because he knows that he's be, he knows he's lost four games on the bounce or whatever. So he just it's like he, he's tried to shoehorn into something to show that how much better their season's been. And he try, he tries to be so cute about it that it's like it's so obvious. It overcomplicates but, it. Yeah, just, say, just say you've got more points at this point yeah, yeah, this stage yeah, yeah. of the last season. So, like, I just it's so transparent what you're doing. Fuck off, damn course. <laughs> If we'd won this game, we'd have been 12 points off our season total. Yeah, yeah no, that, that was a big incentive for us. Uh, if you go 12 points, everyone wins, like, gets an like, extra grand in their payback. <laughs> right, let's go on to our final game. We won't spend too much time talking about this because it was... Well, I mean, I don't think the St. Johnson Aberdeen game was particularly good, but this game was rubbish because oh, I watched it and you watched it, Tony. I feel like... I was struggling to stay awake for the first half an hour of this. I had to properly sit up, like slap myself in the face a couple of times. So I was just like, I had no idea what had been happening, just continually drifting in and out of consciousness. Simmering won, Hibs won. Uh, two teams that don't win football games anymore, surprisingly, didn't nobody <laughs> won the football game. And uh, like, I'm on Scout and I'll be looking up the team sheets for all this, which gives us a shape. And they were so bored by this game, they don't even bar them, so I'm bored. <laughs> um, <laughs> Does it mention the bum assist from uh, Charles Dunn? <laughs> the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I thought Hibs were the better team in the first half, but that's an extremely low bar. I was actually mildly offended by how bad St. Mirren were. They were, because <laughs> they were, like, I know, you don't, sometimes I think it is, you don't really respect how bad the uh, conditions are when you're watching it. And I, and I do get that. But this was just, it was so bland, the game. St. Mirren done absolutely nothing in the first half. They did, it was like they didn't even take part. Hibs had the Nisbet header. Maybe if you just didn't steal off them every six months. <laughs> 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 have some bloody players. Um, and then and then that's like, and then Hibs sort of went to this four at the back they've been doing recently, which I do think sort of gives us, um, it's sort of Josh Campbell does a lot more attacking and it suits our attacking players a bit more and it allows Boyle to play on the right and Murphy on the left, which I think allows us to dominate games more because we've got ball carriers so everything doesn't have to go through uh, Doyle Hayes and Neil and it doesn't always have to be sort of really pretty you can just 
pass the ball it wide, Boyle will carry it 40 yards, Hibs are on top. Like, you know, there's a, that gives us more ways of, of moving up the pitch, if you like. Because Cadden, while he's good, he, he's, he's really just quite an honest runner rather than someone who's going to dribble past people and, and, he, and, he, and he's tactically very aware. But that's not the same as having people that ball can. So that helped for Hibs to sort of dominate the game. Then he went in a half-time fouler, and I know you're watching that. That coverage of St Mirren is fucking wow. <laughs> it's so bad. We're watching like <laughs> watching a first half that's so fucking boring. And then we go into that that woman and that guy. What was it Campbell Ogilvy? I think it was Campbell Money, wasn't Campbell it? Campbell Money, Money. yeah. And, 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 and the women on there, and they've got like zero chemistry. Uh, so they're just, And they're just standing in front of a board. And the opening question was, after I've watched this horror, I'm hungover because the night before, <laughs> I've been round at my, my mate's house and I'd, and I'd booked, my, we'd book, we'd booked my wedding, we'd booked a day, so we had a little drink, that was fun. And then I'm just sitting there, I'm hungover, and I'm trying to like stay with it. I'm like, oh, I'm doing the podcast on Monday, I need to pay attention. And she just goes, ah, what's it like to play in the rain? <laughs> what the fuck are you on about? That cannot be the opening question after that first half, is what's it like to play the rain? And she kept on doing this, so, but us mere mortals don't understand. Well, I mean, I've been outside before. <laughs> like, absolutely, like, bonker stuff. And then we go back, and Simmerin improved in the second half. Um, but Hibs were like up until the goal then the usual they started sitting back and what annoyed me about Hibs specifically is St Mirren put Hibs under pressure for about a total of four minutes in this game and scored and it was Which, Big Shoggy again who done it at Easter Road and it's the exact same goal at the exact same time uh, it was a uh, good see Dre Wright though he came on, and this is something I was laughing about because um, you've got uh, Scott Allen. Obviously, everyone's moaning about Scott Allen not playing. That's a popular one for half the hip support. And then uh, David Gray becomes manager, who's, I'm assuming, Scott Allen's friend and played with him for years. Doesn't play him and actually goes to Dre Wright first. <laughs> so he's actually further down uh, David Gray's. Uh, roster than than, Jack, Jack Rossi. Rossi. He even bring, he's, he's been impressed with Dre Ryan in training. Um, so uh, that was all funny. But yeah, I mean, it was uh, Alex Gogic was back in the team. He strikes me as a David Gray player. Um, that, Darren McGregor looked like he was on one. But he, Dar- he, Darren McGregor was on one. Every, Darren McGregor is so. And I love Darren McGregor. I do. I love it. I think he's been. He's, been he's like claiming he got the ball as he's like coming out of that challenge on the edge of the yeah, box. Yeah, he's, he's got his arms in the air saying, Got the ball. There's not a game that's went past where Darren McGregor hasn't fucked up when he's had to play because he's, 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 he's old and he's shit now. And that's not. <laughs> and again, Darren McGregor's been an absolutely brilliant player for Hibs and he's won a cup and he's been brilliant. But yeah. there's no way that it should be. Handling Porches and then next up, Darren McGregor. 36 year old yeah, Darren McGregor. Like, like, shouldn't be next up, and he's still handsome and it's great. But and, and, he, and he does all this strip stuff and it's oh, it's brilliant. But he's he's so um, but yeah, he's just he's just so past it and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with me. But he's had he's had a few cruciate ligament injuries. I'm not surprised at 36 he's past it. But he is, and he's cost us a lot of goals this season when he's won the part. And and he was it was him marking Shognessy at the end. And Shognessy's about three yards ahead of him by the time the, the great cross from from Tanzer comes in. And Tanzer's starting to get that. Tanzer's had a few assists recently. His delivery's great. Yeah, the set pieces as well. He's that's one really good thing about Tanzer is his deliveries. And get Tate back in the team so we can have the. A, a, been banging on about this since the previous show <laughs> that Tanzer and Tate should be scoring goals to each other assists and I th- Tate I think they play Miller because he's the only player on the entire squad with any pace yeah yeah, yeah but he's rubbish <laughs> I've watched he is, he is, he is rubbish <laughs> right I think that'll do us thank you very much for listening uh, we are now going to record the Patreon which we are going to do looking at the Daily Record's top 50 players in Scottish football in 2021 because I had a lot of people talking on social media earlier and in our group chat as well so we're going to go through that Tony you don't know it as well we're no gonna... I've only seen the first couple and I didn't look because I was I was working today and I was going to and my idea was like I'll finish work and then I'll start doing the prep for, for the show but then I messaged you saying would it not be fun just to do like a reveal because I know that I saw the first two names and I'm like there's going to be this is going to guard a few people's goats so why not have a laugh and just reveal it I'm saying it'll be like Brass Eye when he just gets, he has to look through all the women that he would have sex with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never in a hundred years now. <laughs> right, so if you want to listen to that, that's Patreon.com. <laughs> <laughs> two pounds. <laughs> two, that was maybe the two pounds a month tier. So there you go. And thank you to everybody who signed up after Thursday show. We always get a big kind of influx of new new subscribers after the, the list podcast. <laughs> and out. also that you explain what the actual name of the... the you changed the actual... 
Aye, that might help, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, listened, I listened to it today when I was uh, travelling around for work and uh, it was a thoroughly enjoyable show, but I just, he said that at the end. We've just had the wrong thing up for the whole year. That's your livelihood. That's all the livelihoods, Craig. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, the best place to do so is Twitter at Terrace Podcast. Tori, say goodbye. Bye. Craig, say goodbye. Bye-bye. And I'm Craig Fuller saying goodbye. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.